Welcome to the Socialista Podcast, a collection of stories from Las Vegas creatives. My name's Brianna, and I'm going to be your guide to the city of Las Vegas, where I will be unveiling the stories of all of our amazing creatives, makers, entrepreneurs, and community changers. Welcome to another episode of the Socialista Podcast. Today, I'm excited to be at Sister House Collective, sitting down with creator of Vegans Baby, Diana Edelman. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me today. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. <laughs> I'm so excited for this episode. Um, <laughs> I kind of told you before we actually start recording that I did a little bit of research. <laughs> so I started following you on Instagram um, probably back in June okay. when I found your Vegans Baby Instagram. And I just have to say, sometimes I have to stop looking at it because I get <laughs> so hungry and I'm just like, all right, I have to put this down. <laughs> the pictures are so good. But um, yeah, so... From what I've researched and learned a little bit more about you from living and working in Thailand to um, being internationally published, you're a social media maven, and now you have this empire of vegans, baby. You're basically superwoman. Oh my God, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I definitely want to talk more about that in a little bit, sure. all the titles that you have, um, but I want to jump right into where you're originally from, what was growing up like in school. Oh my gosh, Okay. I'm originally from Rockville, Maryland, so just outside of D.C. Okay, um, East Coast. Yeah, yeah, East Coast, absolutely. Born and raised there. Um, what was it like as a child? Um, I was a little performer. Uh, growing yeah. up, I wanted to be a professional actress. Like, my dream was to be Susan Lucci, but win lots <laughs> of Emmys. Yeah. <laughs> I think my mom used to watch all my children, and so I like fell in love with uh, soap operas when I was like yes. a little tot. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to grow up and be a soap opera actress. <laughs> and my parents were like, you're cute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I, so I acted for quite a, a while, and then... Um, I always used to write. So mm-hmm. when I was a little girl, like I had notebooks full of like just stories that I would write. Yeah. I remember in second grade, do you remember those like black and white journals we had as kids? Oh yeah, yeah, like the composition yes. the books. Yeah. So I wrote poems for all of my second grade teachers. I wrote mm-hmm. like a book of poems for each one and it was like Miss Smith is nice while on the ice. So I was really creative. I love that. <laughs> but so I always wrote and yeah. um uh, I know like, I went through most of my high school being, you know, wanted to be an actress and grow, grow up um, yeah. to do that. And then one day I just started writing again. And um, my brother was a hockey player and my dad was a ref. And so okay. I started to go watch his games and I was like, oh my God, hockey's really fun. And then I was like, oh my God, I can write about hockey. So I joined my, like, school newspaper and was, like, the assistant sports editor there. Uh-huh. And then I just started just writing. I had two internships with a sports magazine and, like, a local sports paper. I was probably the youngest, like, woman to ever go into the Caps, like, locker room and cover the Caps. I think I was yeah. 16 wow. or 17 when I first went to, like, cover the NHL. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky was, like, one of the first people I ever interviewed. Um, so I kind of started on that path. Um, and then I remember one day I was... Uh, like, I really wanted to work with, with, with hockey somehow, and I didn't yeah. know if it was necessarily being a sports reporter or something else. And the head of PR for the Washington Capitals, I called her, and I was like, you know, what did you go to school for? And she said, oh, public relations. So I graduated high school, and I was like, I'm going to go to school for PR. 
And so my goal was to do PR for like a major sports team. And so I went to college in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, for a year and a half and covered the uh, the Division One hockey team there. And then I realized um, that it's a really tough industry Mm -hmm. as a woman. Um, You don't get taken seriously. Um, There's obviously a lot of harassment that goes on there. Um, And uh, I started college when I was 17, so I was on the younger side of it. And at like 18 and a half, 19, I'm like, you know what, this isn't... I don't want this, you know, I, I don't feel like I need to subject myself to this. Um, I, I don't, this is a glass ceiling that while I would love to break it, I just, I'm not a, at the age I'm at, I'm not a, in, in the mental capacity to do that. Right. So I, I left Ohio and I went back to school in Maryland and just okay. pursued a degree in PR. And so that's kind of how I started. Like I, I, that was, that's my really nutshell of my, my, my childhood going yeah. to college. Yeah, I love that. So mm-hmm. then your parents were pretty supportive of you, like, kind of figuring out this niche that you were really passionate about. And yeah, you know, they, I was in community theater as a kid. I, they were very sweet, and they, I was in, like, a very, very um, low, 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 low budget horror film when I was, like, in sixth grade. Wait, what is it? And, <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe it ever left the editing bay, mm-hmm. um, but it was called Psycho Fish from Hell, and it was about a fish that told a woman to cut uh, people up and turn them into sausage. So I played oh. a southern <laughs> bumpkin named Holly Farms, and, um, yeah... I, I, I don't know what ever happened to it. But my parents were very supportive and let me <laughs> film this movie. <laughs> um, That's great. <laughs> yeah. And so they, but you know, they were very much, my mom and dad both were just incredibly supportive. You know, follow your dreams. Oh, my dad is a lifelong government. So he always like, well, maybe you should put on a uniform and, you know, think about doing the government route. Yeah. I'm like, you know, that's, that's not me. Mm-hmm. And they, they've always just been very much follow your dreams, follow your dreams. And especially as I've, as I've grown up and really kind of come into my own, they've been my biggest supporters and my biggest cheerleaders, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm going to cut way far ahead and we'll have to backtrack, but I was living in Spain um, two years ago uh-huh. and decided I wanted to come home. And I decided a week, two weeks before. Like, I, I decided December 1st and then I booked a return ticket to Vegas December 15th. And uh-huh. literally two days before that, my mom flew to Spain so we could fly my cats in cabin with me to Las Vegas. Oh, wow. So super, like, super yeah, supportive, you know. Awesome. I, I'm just, I'm very blessed to have to have a family that is just very much, in, um, you know, d- do what you need to do to, to be you. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can to help you. We want you to, to, like, live your best life, basically. Yeah. So I'm very blessed. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's so great. So I know you mentioned originally you were um, – in school in Ohio doing mm-hmm. PR and you were working with the NHL, is that correct? Well, or at that point, with- I was covering the, the hockey team there yes. and then I was freelancing for um, a Michigan region um, newspaper, hockey newspaper. Yeah. So I was covering, diff- like, you know, like doing feature stories. Okay. And that incorporated, like, NHL players. And yeah. Stuff. So I think it's still pretty evident today that there's kind of this realm or like bubble around the women who work in that area where it's very like you are experiencing harassment you're experiencing stereotypes and all those sorts of things so um I know you said you then kind of realized that wasn't for you yeah and you um went to a school in Maryland so what was that transition like what really set you off to say okay I don't think this is the time for me to do this or I just need to find something else you know part of it was was just the stress of of being a a very young woman in 
a sport that's dominated by older men. Um, <laughs> the, the, the major newspaper where I went to school was um, a small market at Toledo, Ohio. And mm-hmm. the sports reporter there had nothing nice to say about me. He was always like kind of a bully to me. Um, and just talked down to me. And, you know, I, I just, that, that, that was enough for me. But then also I, I just wasn't happy there. You know, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm very open about this. Like I, I battled depression most of my life and I was really depressed and it just, it wasn't a place that I felt was healthy for me. And I just, I chose to take control over it and, and not continue to be unhappy right. in Ohio. Like if yeah. I'm going to be unhappy, at least I'm going to be unhappy, like closer to my family and closer yeah. to people yeah. that are, that are like my friends that I've Have been that for a while. System. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's really great, especially with realizing, okay, like this is this is kind of contributing to my depression yeah. or it's not it's making me feel not great, not yeah. good. So I think that's really, really awesome that at that age you were able to recognize that and say, Okay, let me let me take a step back and go back where I know I'm more comfortable like you said around home so then from going to Ohio to Maryland you were still in PR correct yeah Uh okay so then um walk me through that what were you doing when you um went back to Maryland so I enrolled at Towson University which is a a state school are you familiar with Towson yeah I'm from New Jersey so I grew up like going to um my dad's in Delaware so I'd always go to Delaware and we would go to Maryland like on weekends and stuff my parents just moved to Delaware wait really were and lose Stop! My Wait. family is in Rehoboth. Oh my god, we're basically neighbors. What? <laughs> we're going to talk family about this offline. Vac- yeah. <laughs> family vacation, right? <laughs> yes, we'll talk afterwards. Well, so, so Towson, basically, like, it's Maryland people and then New Jersey and New York. Yes. So I, I almost feel like, as a Marylander, like, I was the minority yeah. state because yeah. it's so filled with, with, with you know, with, with, with Jersey people and, and New Yorkers. Yeah. Um, so I went there and I did really well in PR. Um, my... You know, it was just something I realized I got to, I still got to write. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to write and then come up with creative things. And so I, um, I graduated and, um, I, well, while I was in school, I decided if I wasn't going to do sports, I wanted to work with celebrities. And so my goal was to be a publicist in like LA. Yeah. So, or in the movie industry. So I started with, um, a movie promotions company just outside of Baltimore and I was an intern there, and I ended up like graduating to like a Miramax intern while I was yeah. there promoting movies. So like yeah. we opened Legally Blonde, and I walked around with like a blonde wig on my head. Stop. Yeah, Harry <laughs> Potter. We built like a whole um, Coke cases, yeah, castle and stuff like that. So I was a part of all of that. It was super fun. Oh my so, god, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my god, this career is amazing. It's all fun. Yeah. Blah blah blah. So that was kind of my goal. And then once I graduated, um. You know, like I've said, d- depression is, has always been around. So mm-hmm. I um, I ran because I didn't know what else to do. Like I just, I, you know, once you get uncomfortable, like, oh, I have to figure something out. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be a server and then I'm going to keep working in PR. But I don't know what I'm going to do, but so I'm just going to do something yeah. because I have to do something, right. you know, like I have to make money. So I was interning for a small PR firm in Baltimore City, um, realized I hated it. So um, went back to the restaurant full time. I was in a pretty bad relationship at that point. Um, ended up leaving Baltimore, moving back to my parents' house, um, and then got a job with a marketing company. Okay. Um, and I know, like offline, we were talking about like like the Me Too movement and sexual harassment, and um, 
it was rife with that. Um, okay. So I lasted there maybe like two years, and then finally, like they actually, I went to put in my notice, and they had already like I had filed complaints, and they literally were like, you know, we're just gonna pay you for a month's worth of work, and you can just go. But in that time, like I started researching like my options because I was stuck. You know, I'm living yeah. with my parents. I'm in this job I hate. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this this my boss is like this older gentleman who thinks it's okay to like touch my leg. And I'm just like, you know, none of this is okay, but I, I'm, I literally, I'm, I'm trapped. And at this right. point, by the way, like I was in therapy, like I, I was working on, on all the things I knew, I knew I needed to work on. So I was like, well, you know, this isn't for me and I need to leave Maryland. You know, like mm. this relationship I'm in is never, it's never going to be good for me. And so long as I'm here, I'm not gonna be able to get out of it. Right. So I start researching um, options and my friend who I work with was like, well, I think I'm going to move to Vegas. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, but what do you do there? It's all casinos and gambling and strippers. And she's like, no, it's not. I'm like, are you sure? So I started researching it and realized that there's this whole community here. And at that point, this was like 2004. Unemployment was super low. So I was like, okay. And I started like looking into like being a publicist out here. And I set up some informational interviews with people. And, you know, I said my goal is to be in LA. Like I want to be a publicist. I want to like work the red carpets. I want to do movies. I want to do all this. And they basically told me, Vegas is like the suburb of LA. Mm -hmm. And this is where you need to start if you want to get to LA. Right. So I came out here for a couple interviews, um, January 2005, and then got an offer in April and moved out here April 2005. So that was like the next chapter. So um, that was was the start of like my, my legitimate public relations career. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. It's a mouth. It's a lot of story. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry. I, no, 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 please. I I love that. And um, I always joke about this because when you mentioned, oh, like, what the heck is in Vegas? Yeah. That was, that was me. And this was, I moved here in March. And before then. You're so new. I am. I'm, I'm still figuring everything out. I'm like, where do I go to eat? Like, where? I'm, I still use my GPS everywhere. I, okay. <laughs> uh, this is my third time in Vegas and I still use, and I GPS everything. It's just easier. Yeah, it is. It's but remember, stratosphere is your north star. What? <laughs> the stratosphere is your north star. Oh. So when you're driving, stratosphere is the north, and then Mount Charleston is the west, and then Sunset Mountain is the east, and that's how I get. Oh, and Luxor is the south. So that's how when I first moved here, that's how I would know where I was. Like I would look for those oh. beacons. Yeah. And be like, oh, I'm on this side of town, or oh, I need to go this way. So that's a cheap. really yeah, that's a good way to do. It. <laughs> I've never thought about that. What I've been doing is. Um, using the mountains because where I live on northwest side of town, sure. like Centennial Hills area. Okay. And our house is right, like literally a hundred feet um, walking from our house. You can get into the desert, and the mountains are right there. Oh my god! Like towards Mount Charleston. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I, I love the view. So, um, yeah. So I use the mountains. Okay. As my guide. Well, then my cheat sheet isn't gonna work for you because I'm looking at it as I live in the south. So, and I've always lived like the yeah, south yeah, or Green Valley. Yeah, so for me, that's relevant. Yeah. You, it's a little bit different because the mountain is like your backyard. Yeah. So it's great. I G- love it. TPS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so basically what I was trying to say is when I first learned that I was going to move here, yeah. um, I was like, oh God, like I don't want to be here, like the casinos. Oh. And I had never been farther west than Nashville, Tennessee. So um, my view of like the West and Vegas mm-hmm. was just like this crazy place that was like not for me. Yeah, strippers and casinos and crazy people. But um, yeah, I always love when people bring that up because when you do actually take the time, even if you're just a tourist, mm-hmm. to um, to adventure outside yeah. of this trip, yeah. there's so much out here. 
So it's it's funny because you know even now um, people will ask me, well, what do you do? Yeah. Like, <laughs> wait, don't do you gamble? Do you get drunk every day? Are you a stripper? And I'm like. We're gonna change this story right now, and so I yeah. like I try to very nicely be like, actually, did you know Las Vegas is X Y Z? And let me tell you about this community and this community. I, I get that. very defensive and protective of this city. Yeah, and I'm well, like, no, we need that. Well, yeah, that's. Um, I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast yeah. is to to tell people what we have going on here and yeah. what who we have and what they're doing and all this amazing thing that's actually happening in Vegas and it's not just the party yeah. scene. No. So I very much vibe with that. Yeah. Thank you for being a Las Vegas like pioneer. <laughs> but yeah, very much whenever like I talk to not immediate family but kind of like aunts and uncles mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, they're like, oh, don't you just like gamble every day? Where's all your money? I'm like. I think the most valuable piece of advice I got was when I was interviewing out here with someone and it was for a PR firm and she was like, do you gamble? And I said, no. She goes, good, because remember Vegas wasn't built on winners. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. And that literally, like, I maybe will put like $10 in a slot machine once a year. Like, I don't touch it. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, Vegas wasn't built on winners, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's meant to attract people to, at least a strip to spend that money yeah. and get that money over here baby so let's go I work hard for that money I don't want to give it away exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh well like not to like ramble on but like it, I've been to a casino once in Atlantic City in New Jersey okay I have never touched a slot machine here yet <laughs> I would rather spend whatever amount of money on like food or drinks but like I put five dollars into a slot machine and I was like nope no more I can't do it I'm done I'm yeah. done <laughs> but um, anyway, kind of random. But uh, why don't we backtrack yep. a little bit sure. and um, we'll get into ve- what Vegan's Baby mm-hmm. is. But can you, after college and you moved here to start working in PR, mm-hmm. can you kind of run me through that journey of what you've been doing before yeah. and now? I'll nutshell it for you. Yes. So I was out here for from 2005 till 2008 doing PR. I worked for an amazing PR company out here. Um, they... They, they really, you know, I, I credit um, Javi Silvestri, actually. They used to be in Press Communications, and now they're the Ferrara Group. Um, okay. Like, I, I credit them for changing my life because they gave me an opportunity and took a chance on me. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I worked I worked for Holly for about three years. And then, you know, as I feel like th- three years is, is typically, like, a good – it's a good chunk of time where, yeah. you know, y- you get in and then you start to realize, you know, there's other things I might want. Mm-hmm. And so I went to another PR firm in town. Because at this point, my goal was to open my own. I realized okay. I realized um, pretty early, or not early, like maybe halfway through my first jaunt to Vegas that I didn't want to work with celebrities anymore. And yeah. I didn't want to do that industry because it was very, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, you know, it, it isn't really necessarily, it's not really PR you're doing. It's really just being someone's yes person. Yeah. And it, it was really hard for me to want to do that. Yeah. Um, so I went to another firm here. And it was there six months, and I loved it. But I realized that um, I wanted a life, and I think at this point I was twenty-eight, okay. and you know I wanted I wanted a relationship, and I wanted my weekends, and I wanted I wanted all these things. But with this job, you're doing radio drops at four in the morning, you're doing red carpets for nightclubs at yeah. eleven or twelve in the morning, or like twelve in the morning or one in the morning, and so it d- it didn't give me an opportunity to have any of that. Right. And again, like I was once again like unhappy with my life, and mm-hmm. so I ran again, and um, I started looking for jobs, and I was recruited by a PR firm in Atlanta. 
Okay. And they moved me to Atlanta and said basically, we, I think they wanted my, my more like rocker Vegas vibe because they were a more conservative firm. They, they worked see, in yeah. lobbying, but they also had like other clients and they wanted my background, which is more entertainment, restaurant and fun stuff yeah. to go with this stuffier stuff, you know, for mm-hmm. lack of better words. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went out there for that and they said, you know, we don't require you to have a Blackberry because back then it was Blackberries, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no email on your phone. We believe in a work-life balance, you know, all okay. this stuff. And so they sold me. And I went there, and within like four months, I realized it was just a bunch of BS. And they, yeah. I was um, working with my boss, and we were at a client. Uh, we were doing something with a client in Florida, and she was like, "Oh, when we get back to the office, we're gonna put an email on your phone." And that was it. Like I was like, "Oh, that really, you know, I, I it really it bothered me." And yeah. so I felt kind of like the whole premise of why I was hired. Um, was a sham and there mm-hmm. I mean there were other things that went on there that I just I didn't agree with like it wasn't the way I, ch- I choose to work um, so right before I was turning 30 and mm-hmm. I wanted something to do for my 30th and I hadn't been traveling for a really long time so when I graduated college um, and was in that bad relationship I ran and I took a month and I went backpacking through Europe by myself um, wow. so I was like I really want to go back like you know I, I ended up leaving early I did about three and a half weeks instead of the full month because I missed okay. my boyfriend and I was like you know I, I'm, I'm older now you know I want to go back and give myself an opportunity so for my 30th birthday I booked a two-week trip to Croatia Wow. And so right before that, they my office had like a competition to create these new fun bios for our website. Uh-huh. And so I did, I created one and it was like, it was like a fill in the blank, like a Mad okay. Libs type of yeah, thing yeah. almost. And it was like, what would you do if you weren't in PR? And I instinctively just wrote Traveling the World. Never thought anything about it. And then I went to Croatia and I was sitting there and I met this guy named Simon who I, I will always, he changed my life. Another one that changed my life. And we were sitting on a beach together um, on the Adriatic and he was telling me about his life and he was a couple years younger than me but saying you know he wanted he didn't care about the white picket fence but he wanted at the end of his life to look back and know that he lived you know and it wasn't about the money it wasn't about anything other than truly being happy and I sat there with him and I was like oh shit (sighs) so maybe a few days later I was by myself and I was just I was laying out like by the water and it was the first time I finally like admitted to myself that like I hated my job yeah and that this wasn't working for me and I needed to figure something else out and I remember that day um I was in Dubrovnik and I went to a pay phone like on the side of the road and called my parents and I was like um just so you know I'm quitting my job I'm selling my stuff and I'm gonna go travel the world and they're like oh honey we'll talk when we see you at the airport (laughs) and I was like no 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 but I'm serious like you're gonna need to figure out a game plan and so um, I went back and, you know, we sat and talked and they're like, you've got to figure something out. You, you know, you have to be a grown up, you know, you're 30 years old now. Mm-hmm. You don't get to just quit your job. And this was in 2009 right. when the recession hit and there were no jobs. Like if you had a job, yeah. you better keep it cause you're so lucky. And right. I was still like, I had a really good career at this point. Like, even though I didn't like my job, it was still like, it was my career and, and yeah. I had a, you know, I was good at what I did. And so I was laying in bed one night depressed constant theme and uh, I was like writing a story in my head of the first night in Croatia and I was like oh this is really good I need to write this and so I just I literally opened up my laptop bought a bought a domain name and started a blog and that was it like yeah all of a sudden like every day I'm like I have to go write I have to go write and I was just writing about these like 10 days in, in Croatia and suddenly like I had this 
second life that nobody knew about. Like, um, because I'm in PR, I was able to PR myself to like the other travel bloggers and get stories about me within like maybe six weeks of launching this blog. People were talking about it. Yeah. Um, and I built a Twitter following. So literally I would go to work and I would just sit in my office doing Twitter for, for, for my brand. And, and you know, like, I mean, I'd work, obviously I have to, but like that became my like this is my out. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, at that point, travel blogging wasn't really a thing. Like, there were some early yeah. adapters who yeah. were doing really well, um, but it wasn't a big thing. And so we started, me and a couple other um, travelers that wanted to travel solo started a hashtag called RTW soon. Okay. And so it was actually my friend Steph Yoder who started it. And so her and I would just sit back and forth tweeting each other like, this is our picture for the day, round the world soon. And so it just became this yeah. thing. And I would talk to my parents. They're like, that is not a viable solution to your life. Like, you don't get to quit your job and, and write a travel blog. Yeah, because to somebody like that, it's like, that, well, you're on yeah. your phone all day. That's not a job. Well, not right? just that, but where's your money going to come from? Yeah, How exactly. can you make money off of a travel blog? Because yeah. then travel blogs really weren't making money. You were going to make money from the opportunities you got, like freelancing and mm-hmm. stuff. And I wasn't ready for that yet. Yeah. So my parents were like, you know, you've got to figure something out so I would call my mom hysterically crying every day after work and be like I hate this job I'm stuck it's just like you're making yourself more miserable figure out your exit so I started looking at grad schools and I was like well I'm gonna be an international teacher and that was my big thing and then one day finally you know at this point my blog had picked up quite a bit of steam Mm -hmm. um it was starting to get a lot of a lot more attention like I was getting you know, it was it was not a great blog at this point, but like yeah. people were reading it because it was just at this point where people needed that escape because mm-hmm. people were stuck in these jobs and they like they were living vicariously through pictures of the beach and through stories of like, you know, twenty something, thirty somethings that are traveling. Yeah. And so finally it was Christmas two thousand nine and I was just I was miserable. My mom flew in that day mm-hmm. and she was like, you know, we come with a we come you know, I come with news and she's like, What? She's like, Quit. Quit your job. Give yourself this dream. You know, they had they had put aside a little bit of money for me, and they're like, you know, this is for grad school, this is for marriage, this is for a down payment on a house. And I'm like, I have none of those things right now. And my yeah. mom's like, this is your decision. Like, if you would like to use this to help fund your trip, you can. And so my dad gave me airline miles, and they gave me some money to go do it. And, I mean, I was working the whole the whole time. Yeah. But they're like, if this is what you want to do, give yourself the chance to do this. And so um, – I left March 2010 and backpacked for seven months by myself um, and started to really get a following. So um, I started going on press trips. So I I was in Rwanda on a press trip. I was in Spain on a press trip. And I started meeting the people I needed to meet to really grow my my travel brand. Um, And when I got back... um, once again, you know, like everywhere you go, there you are. I still wasn't happy, but mm-hmm. I had given myself this opportunity and I had gotten a lot of freelance work from it and I built I built a reputation for yeah. this for this travel blog. Um, and then I was back in Maryland and I was like, you know, I don't know what to do. And so I came out here for Halloween that year and I was mm-hmm. like, I think I'm going to move back. And my friends were like, you're crazy, you hated it, you can't come back to Vegas. And I was like, yeah. but no, it's different this time. Right, yeah. And so I moved back. And um, I got a job as the director of communications for a restaurant group in town, and it was a part-time gig, which was perfect for me. Yeah. So I, you know, I worked part-time there, and then I traveled. So by that point, my blog had become like one of the top 100 in in like in the travel blogging ranking systems. Yeah. Um, because this was before, like obviously, what it is now, it's, it's nothing now. But at that point, you know, I was traveling all the time. I was literally telling my story from seven months for years. Um, just like doing all these different posts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then in two, right maybe 
almost a year after getting back, um, I took two weeks to go to Thailand. And okay. so I was looking, I wanted to hang out with elephants. Like I read Water for Elephants that summer and I'm like, this book's amazing. Oh my God, I need to be with elephants immediately. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, I want to ride them. I want to pet them. I want to do all these things. And so for my birthday, I went to Thailand and there I wanted to do, I wanted to go to a place obviously that was reputable and yeah. a couple of people suggested Elephant Nature Park. And so I went there and I volunteered for a week. And while I was there, I realized that you're never supposed to ride an elephant. You really shouldn't mm-hmm. touch an elephant. And there is horrible amounts of like abuse that goes on within like the animal industry in general, right. like, particularly elephants. And so I was there and uh, the founder of the organization, Lex Tyler, and I spent like an afternoon walking in the field together. So we were like surrounded by this herd of elephants. And I was like, I want to help you. I don't know how I can help you, but I want to help you. Yeah. And you know, I said, I do PR, I write. And she's like, we'll go write. And so I came back and I just started writing about it. Like I wrote for the Huffington Post. I told everybody I could about the reality of elephants and tourism. And so my blog literally just shifted overnight to like elephants. And, and, you know, like this is, this is what really happens. And anybody that would listen or even the people that didn't want to listen, I'm like, let me just tell you what really goes on. So, you know, at this point, like I was in therapy at this point Mm because I was, I was very unhappy. Um, and so finally, um, like nothing was really working. And then my therapist was like, you know, I'm just not sure what we need to do to help. So I went to this resort in Utah called Red Mountain. And I was writing a story okay. for Vegas 7 at this time. And uh, it's like a, a health resort, basically. Yeah. And I had Reiki done. And the woman sat me up and she's like, I don't know what's going on with you, but there's no energy moving inside of you. And so whatever it is in your life yeah. that's causing this, you know, I, I, I hope you can fix it. And I'm like... Oh my God. So the next day I booked a shaman yeah. <laughs> at the resort and the shaman, like something just clicked when we did like the rituals with her. And I mm. literally was like, Oh my God, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to move to Thailand. And that was it. Like all of a sudden I just, it just clicked in. So literally that week I quit my job and I emailed Lack and I was like, you know, look, um, I'm going to leave Las Vegas. I have work. You know, at this point, I, I had enough freelance work. Like, I was writing for a bunch of different publications and yeah. things. And I'm like, I'm going to come live in Chiang Mai because I know I can afford Chiang Mai. It's incredibly cheap to live there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to come. And I want to help you. I don't care if I'm shoveling elephant poo or, like, chopping food for the elephants. But I, I want to be with you. And I want to help you. And so I didn't hear back from her for, like, a month. And then a month later, I get an email saying, I love your writing. Um, I'm going to give you a visa. And you're going to come, I want you to come work for me. Wow. And so I did. So, um, a few months later I moved to Thailand and I spent two and a half years there. Um, we went undercover all over Southeast Asia, learning about the elephant tourism industry. I rescued quite a few elephants. Um, I ended up like being able, like becoming an expert on the subject. So, you know, I spoke at a bunch of conferences. I've been on a a lot of documentaries and working with Lek, um, just learned so much about the realities of elephant tourism. And that's actually... It was right at the beginning of my time in Thailand. I saw a truck full of pigs going to slaughter. And that was it. I'm like, I'm never eating meat again. And then, like, seeing the way they treated the animals there, like, in a Buddhist country, it just broke my heart that, you know, the the, the, the nature of Buddhism is opposite of what I was seeing, you know? Right, yeah. So just seeing that conflict. It was a, it was a huge disconnect. Um, so I, I, I did that for two and a half years. And then um, it just, it's, it's very hard as a Western woman to, to live there. Um, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot. And then being Western in general, like it's, it's very, and making money there, it's very difficult because 
Thai people don't make a lot of money. Right. And I, yeah, I was making more because this, you know, public relations is my background. This is a special skill that I had um, in, in communicating to it, to an English-speaking audience. Mm-hmm. So it, it got to the point where a friend of mine was like, you know, I don't want you to leave here not loving Chiang Mai, so leave now. And so um, I had a friend in London, and him and I talked about launching a project together, like a travel blogging project. And he's like, you know, just come stay with me. Yeah. We'll work together. So I moved to London. And I did that for, I lived there for like two months, but the project we were working on never really took off. Um, and I wasn't ready to come home. You know, I just, I wasn't at the point. I swore I'd never come back to the States. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm not ready. Um, again, I was, I was back to being unhappy again. Right. But I was like, I, I'm going to keep chasing this and try to find this happy somewhere else. So yeah. I moved to Madrid. And Madrid was absolutely horrible for me. You know, really? it was... And Madrid's one of my favorite cities in the world. Like, yeah. I was like, I, I, it just made sense for me to live there. But it was an incredibly difficult process to get the visa in terms of, like, hoops you had to jump through. I paid I a lot. see, and yeah. I, so, I know, I don't mm-hmm. explain Madrid, yeah. but I know, like, if you're trying, in America, trying to move to London, I know, like, that's very... Oh, good luck you're not. That's very difficult, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is why I, wouldn't, I didn't stay there, because London's one of my favorite places in the world. Yeah. But, so, I looked into getting a visa in Spain, and there's a student visa you can get. And basically, they okay. have these, like... I'm airporting this for people. Um, they have schools that you can okay. go get a TEFL yeah. and then teach. And so they give you a student visa. So it costs, oh, like maybe 1,500 euros for this visa. And you are enrolled in the school. And so okay. I had no intention of going to the school. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I just <laughs> like, well, this thing. is what people use to get the student visa. And lived there for a year, so that's what I did. But um, it was really hard for me to meet people. And I was, I was so miserable and I was so lonely and I was so depressed that it didn't matter. Like, I wasn't... I, um, I, I, I took Spanish because I wanted to meet people, but it turns yeah. out, I think at that point, I was like 36, and everyone there was like 18, 19, 20, and it's just, you know, they're lovely people, but mm-hmm. I just, there was no real, like, connection. Like, we don't have anything in common, you know? I remember some kid was like, oh, you shouldn't be homesick. It's not normal to be homesick, and I'm like, oh, my Lord, let me... And he's telling it to, like, the 17-year-old girl, and I'm like, because you're so worldly and, and like, you know, so incredibly smart in all of your travels at 19, like, stop, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, you have a lot of yeah. life to live still. Like, you can't really tell someone that. Right. Also, you're just as young, so right. I don't really think that you're qualified <laughs> to be like, oh, homesick's not a thing. Like, what's wrong? Like, stop it. So, but there would be days where I wouldn't talk to anybody, and I lived in, like, a, in a 50-square-meter flat um, that opened up to a wall, so I had no sun. And, you know, I had, I had rescued cats in Thailand and I ended up importing them with me. So literally there would be days where it would just be me and my cats and I would cry every night. I would drink a bottle of wine. I would smoke a pack of cigarettes. And I was just, I was, I was absolutely miserable. Yeah. And I was working and doing all these things, but nothing like I was finally, I'm like, you know what? I have, like, I have to figure something out. So Mm -hmm. I I started therapy again with my therapist in Vegas. So we would Skype once a week and, uh, I came back here for Thanksgiving, 2015 and I was like, you know, I just, I'm done. I, you know, I'm like, mom, dad, I, I'm ready. I, 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 I don't want to be abroad anymore. Like Vegas mm-hmm. is my home. And they're like, you hate Vegas. And it's that conversation <laughs> again. I'm like, no, but I've changed. And so they're like, well, you have to figure out what you're going to do. And so I was with a girlfriend of mine who's, you know, become like a business advisor to me. She's incredibly smart and incredibly talented. And we were talking about business ideas and I, you know, she was vegan and I was vegetarian at that time. And, you uh-huh. know, she's like, just go vegan. I'm like, it's just so hard in Vegas. Like I Googled it. I'm like, they're like happy cow at this point have like maybe five listings. And I'm like, nothing really comes up in Google search results. I'm like, this is just, yeah. this is a pain in the ass. Like, yeah. how am I going to be vegan in Vegas? Right. That was like kind of my initial thought. Um, 
when I first like discovered your Instagram and your story with Vegan's Baby, I was like, there's actual places that yeah. are vegan friendly. Yeah. So we'll get into that. Yeah. But yeah, I think one of those initial thoughts, like maybe if you are vegetarian, yeah. you are vegan, that's maybe something that can be scary if you try yeah. here. Cause it's like, where do I go? Yeah. It's all like casino food or there's always like crazy burger places and yeah. all that that stuff gets blasted yeah. but yeah yeah so basically I was with her and she's like Diana fix the problem you know move to Vegas start your business and make it so so people can find stuff and I was like oh my god that's a mi- yeah so literally we sat there that night drinking a bottle of, of, of like wine I brought from Italy and I bought like 20 domain names and we wow. ended up like I'm like okay I don't know what to pick I'm like vegans baby and that literally was how it started it was just like I wanted to go I wanted to make the transition to vegan and I didn't know how to do it in Vegas because I didn't see enough resources for me to make it easy because I don't really like cooking mm-hmm. I don't really want to follow recipes I wanted to be able to go out and eat and yeah. I had no idea where that would be and be comfortable doing mm-hmm. it yeah. so that is that is a very detailed version of how I ended up with vegans baby wow <laughs> yeah you that's just hearing all of this from living in Maryland to just to going from Vegas to Atlanta and what I love about your story is when you realize you're unhappy you yeah. know you have to make a change yeah and you go and seek out that change yeah. and I know you said you consulted with like friends and family yeah. who was very supportive and you went to like this Reiki master yeah. and kind of had this revelation and it's just that's so to me that's just so admirable and so fantastic that you sought out things that you're passionate about yeah to make that change for yourself well part of me feels like you know look the, the reason I started my travel blog to what 10 years ago almost at this point was that I wanted people to see that like your life you should be living the life you want yeah and that it doesn't matter if you can tell a story when you're 80 it's how you're living now mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be hypocritical and so like mental health has always been very important to me and I've yes. always been very, very open about my mental health because it's challenging and I feel like a lot of people have challenges with it and they're scared yeah. to seek help or they see it there's as a weakness. So, there's still so much like a stigma around yeah. the weakness. And, yeah, and you know what? For me, look, I love my therapist. Like if she could be my best friend, she would be my best oh, friend. Uh, yeah, you know, I've had those moments. Yeah, I tell her all the time and I'm like, when I get married, can you come to my wedding? And she's like, oh, I'm like, can you at least come to the ceremony? She's like, I can come to the ceremony, but yeah. I can't come to your party. You know, but it's like, I, I'm very open about it. And, you know, I I think once you have that connection, like once you finally choose to like love yourself, everything falls into place so yes. much better because you're fighting. Like so long as you're unhappy, there's always going to be this disconnect between like you and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And the minute I finally was like, I'm going to honor me, all of these things like vegans baby started and and my businesses have grown and I've just come to a point where I'm really happy and the work I do isn't work anymore like it's yeah. me doing what I love yes. and I like like I mean sometimes yeah it's work but it never feels like a burden it's yeah. always something it's just like I wake up every day and I know I'm doing something good and I know I'm helping people and I know I'm honoring me mm-hmm. and so that's the most important thing to me and and you know, I always encourage people to, to find that, you know, like there's no point in being in a job you hate right. because what are you, what are you going to say at the end of your life? Oh, I hated my job. It was miserable. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have just do it, you yeah. know, like just make that, make that decision to honor you and just jump and do it and you'll land on your feet because it's what you want and it's what you're putting out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think what's really great now is I think being in my generation millennials I think mm-hmm. that's something that we're very passionate about yeah. at least personally and some of the people I talk to I think that's very that's very on our minds yeah. all the time and it was something that I was taught 
as a child as well. Mm-hmm. Like, my mother was always, like, um, she was a single mom. She was like, all right, like, go to school. Do something that makes you happy. Like, mm-hmm. make money, but do something that makes you happy. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I love that we, as, like, a, a community and people are, like, starting to realize, like, okay, it's time for myself. And yeah. It's time to find work that is true to my truth. Yeah. Um, and I want to bring up, you've kind of alluded to this quote, but I saw on your blog, um, like something, don't live for the happily, happily ever after, but life's not about living happily after, happily ever after. It's about living. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that I think is just, I don't know from your story. That's, it's so true to you. And I wanted to have you talk a little bit more about that. Like what is your truth? What is, what is to you, your living? Like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so, um, and I, and I know we, we talked offline about Kelly Bennett, who she's yes. an incredible business coach. She like, I don't have words fail me as to how many good things I can say about her. Um, one of the things she taught me, um, is manifest journaling. And so I kind of adapted it a little bit and every day I write down like, who I am and it may not be who I am today mm-hmm. but who I who I want to be mm-hmm. but yeah. in the present tense and basically I wish I had it with me because <laughs> I wrote it so well in my journal yeah. you know my truth is that I want to do good in this world and I want to help other people live better lives right. um, and I want to be happy doing it yeah. so you know like for me um, you know, veganism obviously is is a huge part of who I am because I choose to live my life kind with kindness and compassion. Mm-hmm. And that, I guess maybe that's my truth. Like, you know, I, I try to approach everything with kindness and compassion. And it's not always easy, but, you know, that that is really how I want to be in my life and live my life yes. with, with those two things. Yeah. So, I mean, does that, is that my truth? I yeah. don't, I've never really thought about it. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, tough question. I just go. I'm like, okay. Today's the day I'm gonna do this. Like, am I doing yeah. everything I can? Yes. So, yeah. I mean, I get. Yeah, my truth is, I want. I want to make. I want to make the world a better place. As idealistic as it sounds, that truly is what I want to do. And I think you know, and and in every facet of, of my businesses and all the different things I have my hands in, mm-hmm. that really is how I live my life. Like, I want to help other people. I want to empower other people. I want to change the dialogue about mental health yeah. and about things like that. Like, I want people to to be empowered. And mm-hmm. to just love themselves and to be kind to other living beings. Yeah, I love that. That is <laughs> that is fantastic. Thanks. Really. Um, but I want to touch upon this a little bit, just um, so I guess listeners who are out there who are trying to find their truth or trying mm-hmm. to live happily for themselves sure. or for, with compassion and kindness and all these things that that you're living, um, experiencing. I guess the the part where I don't know that you like the days that you don't feel I guess confident or you don't feel um, that you may not be living your truth that day or whatever mm-hmm. or you're just in a, a rut or mm-hmm. a mood or whatever sure. um, what do you do to get you back on track or um, to ultimately find that boost of okay today's another day Sure. It, I'm going to be living my truth again or I'm going to be doing something good today? Um, well, if, if it's a particularly bad moment, I'll call my therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, I have... I'm 
this town is filled with amazing, incredible people. Um, yes. A lot of like-minded people. Um, I'll reach out to my friends. I'll call my mom. I'll take time for me. You know, um, I haven't been so good about it lately. I'll go to the gym. Um, self-care to me is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Like, I yes. just redid my bathroom. So every day, I light candles and I take a bath. And I put oils in my bath. And I just take 30 minutes or 45 minutes and just soak in the bath. And yeah. it doesn't matter if it's like the middle of the day or the night. I'll do that. Um, um, my friend Jen, who is a yoga teacher, massage therapist, Reiki master here, Jen Simons, she's amazing. Um, she taught me um, when I started to feel bad to close my eyes and picture my heart chakra mm-hmm. and a pink light glowing from it. And just repeat after myself, repeat in my head, I have everything I need. Yeah. And so... The times I feel really bad, I'll just close my eyes and think that. And it really, really helps kind of just snap you out of it and change it. Like, I also, and again, I've been really lacking the past month, but I keep a gratitude journal. And so every day I write down five things that happen that I'm grateful for. And that really changes things. So if when yeah. I'm in a really bad mood, um, I'll sit and I'll write what I'm grateful for. And yeah. it can be three things. It can be five things. It can be a page. But, it, but the minute you do that... It changes the way you think and it changes your attitude. And so that is like, that's my go-to, yeah. you know, that and, and my mom, I'll call my mom if I'm having a really bad day. Yeah. But just, you know, honor it and feel it mm-hmm. and recognize, uh, a friend of mine once said, you know, when I was not, you know, in, in the best frame of mind, he said, you know, you can either choose to look at your day and say, I had a shitty day, or you can look at your day and say, you know what, my day was really good. And then not focus on that one thing that made it shitty. Yeah. Because I used to be like you know, someone looked at me weird. My day's ruined. I had a really bad day. Yeah. And instead it's like, you know what? Someone looked at me weird, but the rest of my day was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And so it's changing that inner dialogue and focusing on the positive instead of the negative. And yes. that, I find that really helps too. Yeah, definitely. Changing that mindset, yep. I think, is what really, really mm-hmm. helps with that. Yeah. That's great. I need to get me a journal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to Kelly Bennett. Yes. With a manifest journal. Kelly, I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, you're next. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, that, thank you for sharing that. That's yeah. great. Cause I think just in my personal life and I think a lot of people can sometimes struggle with this and you know, they might not want to admit it. And yeah. I think there's also this thing with like social media where we try to put our best foot forward yep. and that's great. Yeah. Um, but kind of also realizing that if you have something that's going mm-hmm. on, um, be okay with it yeah. and make that positive change for yourself. Yeah. You know, I'm very like, as a, Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm very upfront and I'm very honest. And in, in my other life with my other writing, um, mm-hmm. you know, I have a couple websites where I'm very vulnerable and I am very open and I talk very much about all the challenges I've had in my life. Yeah. Because the more you have that dialogue, the more other people understand that you're there. It's okay to talk about it mm-hmm. and they're not alone. Yes. And you know what? You can, you can, you know, look in the mirror and think terrible things about yourself because you're not the only person, but also you can take the steps to learn how to change it. Mm-hmm. And so I really like my... I always want to be honest because social media is a place where you're going to be like, best life ever. Here's me with a coffee. And really, yeah, but really like you go home and you cry and you're yeah. really lonely and you're really sad. And so I always try to, to, I mean, you know, there are times where I'm like, oh, look, this is my life. It's amazing. But I'm 
also going to be like, look, you know, I have challenges and it's not always easy. And my life isn't roses and unicorns and glitter and delicious vegan food every day of my life. Yeah. It's not always easy. And I'm honest about that with people. And I think it's important, you know, to realize that just because Susie has pictures of her with her family and her kids with, the, you know, the white picket fence, it doesn't mean it's perfect. And you have to realize that there is no perfect. And, you know, there's always going to be challenges. And yeah. it's just about how you tackle those challenges that, you know, gives you that strength. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so before, I know we keep like putting off being a baby. But for anybody who's interested in doing a career in PR or um, marketing, um, social media, mm-hmm. um, what advice would you give them and what would you say, what would you say to them? about those sorts of jobs. <laughs> I wish you guys could see my face right yeah, now. Right? <laughs> Look, I mean, I don't do PR anymore for a reason. Okay. You know, um, it, I think if, if you're young and you're starting out, it's a wonderful career. Mm-hmm. It, you, it's trial by fire. You will, you will, you know, you'll learn a lot. Um, you have to really, really want it because to be yeah. really successful in public relations, that is your life. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I, I I don't know many people that are in PR as, as like a career in the higher positions in PR okay. and have a, a really, really, really good work-life balance. Um, yeah. I, I, I know a few people that come to mind where they have families and stuff, but I think in general it's very difficult to have that because – you know, especially today with social media, with your phones, with everything, you're constantly connected. And the expectation is you, you're a 24 hour person. Mm -hmm. Um, so I choose not to do PR anymore. anymore, Um, I I do work with clients on social media, um, really honest. And, and obviously I write, so I freelance for a lot of different publications. Um, I would say you just, um, practice. Mm-hmm. You know, for social media, arm yourself with knowledge. Read up at what, what you can. Look at best practices. Writing, if you want to get into writing, just start writing. Yeah, you know, right, like right, me. Right. <laughs> when I started my travel blog, look, and I, and I fancy my, like, I think I'm a pretty good writer. But you're always going to, you can always improve. And mm-hmm. be open to that. Um, never take anything personally when it comes to writing. Um, you know, writing, you can constantly grow your craft you can constantly improve sure. and and do exercises right if you just want to write start a blog and just write yeah. um you know um and then if you want to actually have when you want to get into a career start pitching um there's a lot of resources out there there's local publications you can reach out to but build yourself a portfolio mm-hmm. um and and start start small yeah. and and you you can grow your career and there are a lot of people here i mean i know people ever wanted to ask me for writing help, I would be happy to sit with them and like go over and edit, go over and edit, and explain why I'm editing it the way I am, and mm-hmm. how to like craft that really good lead to get people to read your story, yeah. and how to you know how to tell a story. Um, so practice and and social media, yeah, it's you know learn how to do your own really well. Yes, and <laughs> um, help out other brands, and then as yeah. you grow, you know you, you can it can become a business. I mean, I know I started. I started with with my travel blog, and that 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 audience is actually one of the smaller ones I have now. Mm-hmm. Um, but just you know, start. Yeah, just start somewhere. Yeah, I mean, start. Learn about it. 
and just go and see what happens. I mean, it's been so long since I've done a resume or done anything like that. So I'm, for like career advice, I'm probably not the best person. No, no, you're great. No, I mean, but, I'm hearing like a lot of like cogs turning in my head. I'm like, okay, like I need to write this down. I mean, I just, you know, like I'll just sit with people more than anything and be like, let's talk about what we can do and come up with ideas. Mm-hmm. So yes, I love that about you. Like the minute you like walked in the door um, here at Sister House, you were like, booming off all these ideas and it's like okay I love this woman I can't do them but I want other people to do them for me yeah no I love it um okay let's transition let's let's talk about vegans baby um for people who don't know what vegans baby is can you give us a quick little sure synopsis and what you do yep so it's it's two tier vegans baby the goal of vegans baby is to make being vegan easier and to make it more accessible for people specifically right now in Las Vegas. Yes. So I have a website and it's vegansbaby.com and that website focuses, um, the homepage you'll see if you scroll down about halfway, there's a map and that map, um, literally is a map of, I'd say like 80% of the restaurants where you can eat vegan. There's Um, a lot. I've checked the map. There's a lot. There's a lot. And I, and you know, look, I've only been doing this two years and it's me funding it. So it's not, you know, it, it's a challenge and mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to go eat at every restaurant or go to every place right away and add them to the map. Um, so the map is, to my knowledge, the, the restaurants that either have vegan menus or mm-hmm. are vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, I've probably eaten at, at like 75% of them. I have a list of about 30 restaurants that I've eaten at that I haven't written about yet. Okay. And then I have a list of about 40 or 50 more that I need to go to. Wow. But again, time is limited and food costs money. So yes. um, <laughs> it's slowly getting there. Um, so I've got the map and then I have a section called dine. And those are like mini reviews of the menus. So, okay. you know, like veggie, because we're talking about Kelly, like vagination. Yes. You know, it talks about the different the different options of vagination and it kind of goes over the menu with a photo. Mm-hmm. Um I have a section called deals and it's restaurants and businesses in town that are offering deals to my readers. Um, and then life it's, it's businesses that either cater to vegans or have some element of, of, of like are vegan friendly. So it's yeah. a lot of health and wellness, yes. um, meal prep, groceries, stuff like that. Um, I have a blog that kind of covers like vegan news or like local vegan news. I have guides. Mm-hmm. So it's guides like the best pizza in Vegas, the best coffee shops, and then little mini city guides. As I travel, I put those together. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a shop with vegan t-shirts and mugs. I saw them. They're so cute. <laughs> the avocado one. Oh my gosh, it's my favorite. <laughs> and then I have, um, I have my guidebook. And okay. so that is a guidebook to the best vegan dining in Vegas. Um, aside from the website, I also run events and, and work with restaurants to yes. introduce vegan menus. So when I can, I'll hold events to like launch vegan menus at locations or do meetups and stuff like that. Yeah. I wanted to touch upon that because yep. I mean, when this episode comes out, it'll be in February. Yep. So uh, I'm going to butcher this. Veganuary. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Veganuary will be over, yes. but I know that you are like the forefront of this. You're hosting mm-hmm. this. So can you talk a little bit more about yeah, that? Yeah. So Veganuary actually, it's an international campaign started by an organization in the UK called Veganuary. And um, every January they run a month long challenge for people to sign up and mm-hmm. go vegan for the month. And they provide you with a whole bunch of resources um, and recipes and things like that to help you go vegan. Yeah. And obviously my business, Vegans Baby, is it's the same. I want to be able to help people be vegan or mm-hmm. make it easier for them. And so I've been wanting to do, like, you know, I have my events, but I've been wanting to do, we have restaurant week here. And I wanted to do like a vegan restaurant week. But then I realized if we did a vegan restaurant week, 
there's just too many restaurants that would do it to, and it would be too difficult for people to be able to patronize all of them in a week. Okay, yeah. And so I was like, well, then I'm going to do a month. And so I reached out to the January and said, look, I want to use your name. I want to tie it into you. Um, I want restaurants in Las Vegas to create special menus and offer them for the month of January yes. that, and reach the vegan audience. And if I use your, your name, you know, I'm going to make sure that the restaurants get back to you. And then I want to tie it in locally as well. So then I partner with the Nevada Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Yes. So I wanted people to understand that, like, not only are they doing something good for themselves by going to try these restaurants, they're also giving back to the community. Yeah. And so I think I have 15 or 16 restaurants in town. Like, big, That's like, a huge list. Yeah. For, for a town, you know, where vegan, veganism is growing in this town, but yes. it's not in L.A. yet. But, you know, we have to Whole Foods with restaurants that are doing it, Border mm-hmm. Grill, and Chef Mike Miner, who's amazing, um, who saw Slice of Vegas, on the Strip, like, there are Strip restaurants doing this, and then yeah. some of the restaurants, and restaurants off Strip, and then the vegan restaurants, so, um, this is its first year, um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm just thrilled at, at the, the participation, and, and the way the community's just been really excited about it. So next year, it'll be bigger. Like, I'm going to launch a passport program next year where people can, yeah. like, stamp their, their vegan passport at oh, all the different restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I expect it to be even bigger next year because um, even just the past couple months, we've had three restaurants that weren't vegan go vegan. Wow. Um, so it, this the, the vegan dining scene here is really about to take off. Like, this year, um, I think, I don't remember what article it was, but vegan food is, like, the biggest culinary trend of 2018. And okay, so... Yeah. Um, the, I really wanted to show restaurants that aren't vegan that if you build it, they will come basically. Yeah. So that's the point of January. Like have this, have these vegan dishes, see what support you get from the vegan community because the vegan community is incredibly supportive. And if you show that you care, we'll care too. Yeah. You know, like we'll support you if you support us. And so that's the goal of that is basically to get people to get restaurants to see the value in, in reaching this market because it's a market that's not going anywhere. Yeah, well, I think um, I think it's great to hear and even see in Vegas that that change is making. Yeah. I'm from a small town in Jersey, and there's nothing. Yeah. When I, I went vegan for two years when I was uh, 16, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that was so hard. Oh, Delaware's <laughs> Rehoboth and Lewis. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, God, no. They're yeah. like, what's vegan? How vegan are you? And I'm like, oh, that's not really a question you ask. Yeah. 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 So to to see that restaurants are now considering this this large group of mm-hmm. consumers that are going to support them, it, it's really wonderful. Yeah. And then we have I've had quite a few meetups this month as well. Like Ooh, nice. normally, like my meet my events will be ticketed just because it's Vegas and it's really hard to get people to commit. And if you're going to have a big event, like we want to make sure that you know there's a certain amount of people that are coming. Yeah. But these are all just meetups and they're free for everybody. Okay. Um, so we had one at Makers and Finders in downtown Summerlin and then um, we're having one at Hummus which is an amazing hummus uh, Was falafel that on your restaurant. Instagram story yesterday or recently? No. Recently. Like I went and met with the owner and the, like it's the best hummus and it best falafel so you'll eat good. in town. <laughs> it's amazing. And he makes his peanut butter hummus now. That's a part <gasps> of the January. chips? Yep. The cinnamon. Oh yeah. my god I saw that in your story. It's like Literally, yeah, my friends and I, like, I got to take home the dish of it, and we sat there with spoons and just ate the bowl of, of hummus, like, with nothing to dip it in. We just devoured it. It sounds so good. Yeah. So, but we're doing these events, and then um, I've got a few more. I'm going, actually, I'm going back to Thailand in February for a few weeks.
cakes. Wow, um, okay. I'm going to work on a guide to like vegan in Chiang Mai, like a small one, because yeah. I know a lot exists, but I want to go like eat my way through Chiang Mai because that vegan scene has actually grown so much since I left. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do that and then March, hoping more events and just keep on having events throughout the year and then ultimately have another Veganuary in 2019. This is so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it seems like you've been getting a lot of support from the restaurants, but I wanted yeah. to touch upon that. Has there has there been any um, like pushback or has there been anybody who's like, mm, I'm not really sure if yes. this is okay. Yeah. There's like, um obviously there's, I would have loved it if I would have had 30 restaurants, you know, mm-hmm. um, there, a lot of restaurants just haven't hit the point yet where they, where they're not ready to embrace it or they're not ready to invest in it. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, kind of like a whole cultural change. For it them is. Too. It's yeah. you know, it's it's tough, and then they you know maybe that they just haven't seen the value in reaching that audience yet, mm-hmm. but they will. You know, a lot of restaurants I talked to, um, and some some very big name ones actually were like, you know, we would love to do it, we're just not at the point where we can right now. Yeah. And whether it's like, you know, kitchen changes or something. Um, but there are some restaurants that are just like, no, we're just going to pass. And I'm like, okay, like I, I, I'm never going to be like, you know, well, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, well, I'll be talking to you soon because at some point, you know, you can either be an early adapter mm-hmm. and reach that audience and build up a loyal vegan following now, or you can come late. You're still going to have that audience, but the yeah. loyalty is not necessarily going to be there. Yeah. So I'm, inc- I encourage restaurants like start now, you know, there's. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of all vegan restaurants here yet. We're we're definitely growing, yes. but a lot of restaurants they'll have vegan options, but they don't have vegan menus. And I and I tell them, I'm yeah. like, look, it takes ten minutes. Look at your menu and see what you can alter to be vegan. And instead of a server coming and saying, well, we can make this vegan if we sub the sub the you know take out the eggs and sub the ranch for olive oil, I'm like, just make it. Yeah. You know, just just have this and, have and be that early adapter because people will people will notice and they'll care and they'll appreciate and it. they will. Yeah. And I tell restaurants that all the time. And you know, I've worked with quite a few, and we we've done these menus, and you know, we've looked at them and said, well, who this can be vegan, this can be vegan. Let's veganize your restaurant. Let, let's create this, and then let's have an event to launch it. And 150 people come, and it's. You know, people get excited and then they keep going back because all of a sudden there's this restaurant that didn't used to recognize people that are vegan and now they do. Mm-hmm. And how amazing is that? I would love to give my money to those businesses yeah. and support them because there's my supporting them means they're going to keep doing it. Right. And if it's, if it's 10 meals that they serve where they normally would have served meat to somebody, but instead they're serving a vegan dish. I'm so happy for that. You know, it, yeah. it, it's that tiny little bit, but it's still change and it still makes a, it still makes a difference. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think just the whole change is really great. And I don't remember the name of the restaurant, mm-hmm. but I think it's on the strip, maybe Mandalay Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are serving the Impossible Burger now. Okay. That's it. Win. But okay. So Win has it, but also now um, Umami has it at SLS. Yes. But the actual, the only part of that that's vegan is the patty. The, patty, the, rest, of yeah. the, the rest of the dish is not vegan. The right. cheese, the bread, none but of it. But the change that I think that the restaurant owners and the chefs are now starting to realize okay like not only is this good healthy wise um we're catering now to an audience that we never did before and it's 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 make it's it's the meat eaters that are curious that are going to order that Mm -hmm. and my i mean i personally i'm not a huge fan of of the fake meats but it's those people that are like well you know if i can eat it and not miss meat great yeah Um, exactly but border girl actually for veganuary they have the impossible burger beef tacos um there's quite a few restaurants in town now that are using the Beyond Meat Burger, mm-hmm. which I actually prefer over the Impossible. There's a few off-strip. Whole Foods has that. Okay, um, okay. 
there's a it's escaping me all of them but beyond and impossible both of those burgers are now becoming far more mainstream i think tgi friday has just announced that the beyond, i think it's beyond me it's going to be oh, at all really? their restaurants now oh, wow. so these these burgers are becoming far more you know popular yeah and i think it's great because people you know people that aren't vegan are trying them yeah and that's great. you know what i'm so happy i'm so happy if you're going to order that instead of a meat burger mm-hmm please you know order <laughs> yeah. it all the time yeah you know and then take the next step and be like you know what i would really like it with 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 vegan cheese mm-hmm. or and, you know or maybe a bread that doesn't have butter or egg right you know so it's making those slow changes and the food industry has been really adaptive so you know what used to be like you couldn't get vegan cheese or you would only get the diet and i'm not a fan of that oh, cheese yeah not but, <laughs> not to shame them but no, no and you know what they I appreciate it because you can find diet everywhere. And that's, that's true. And I'm so yeah. happy you can because for people that want that cheese, it's great. But the cheese, the vegan cheese industry is phenomenal now. Like it's such mm-hmm. a big thing. And there are so many vegan cheeses now. Yeah, well, you've done something with um, Evil Pie, right? I and did. they had a special, yeah. I don't remember the name, um, but the special cheese um, there. Vincent Rotolo, he's a, he, it's a, the official name is like a Piazzolla or something. I'm sorry if I butchered that, but he is a phenomenal pizza maker. Mm-hmm. And so him and I were talking and he's so creative and he's so open to creating vegan pizzas. And when we were coming up with this event at Evil Pie, I told him about this cheese in New York called Numu. And he reached out to them okay. and got tons of it sent. So we had like this basically, um, not contraband, but like it was the first time this cheese had been outside of New York was yeah. at this event we had. Yeah, I remember that being yeah. like a big thing. Huge. Like we sold out of tickets. People were like offering to like buy other people's tickets for more money. Like it was ridiculous. Uh, but this, but the cheese market now is this huge industry. Vegination uses BioLife now instead of Daya. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Max Coffee has BioLife you could buy. And then like Whole Foods and stuff have um, like Chow and Follow Your Heart and Miyoko's and all of these new cheeses are constantly coming on the market and they're yeah. so good. And I don't really like cheese. Like in my old life, I didn't really like cheese unless it was on pizza. Mm-hmm. All I want is that repl- like replicated cheese. Yeah. And it's it's getting there. So, you know, the it, the industry itself is just really changing. When, like starting to really cater to people that want the, want the omnivore foods but veganized. So, yeah. I think it's great. That's great. Yeah. Now, I would love to talk about your vegan food guide of yeah. 2018. Yeah. We have it here. It's yeah. um, sold at Sister House Collective, mm-hmm. and I think you can get it at Vegination, You can too, get right? it at Vegination and um, on Amazon. Perfect. Yeah. You can uh, Kindle or hard copy. Awesome. Well, I would love for you to kind of chat me through the actual guide. Yeah. This will be my first time okay. going through it. So maybe show me um, or talk about some of yeah. your favorite um, sections in there. So basically, and I'm going to caveat it with this, since this first came out, one of the restaurants is actually closed. So uh, I am <laughs> in the process of doing an updated 2018 <laughs> vegan food guide. Okay. Um, but so basically, it's got 30 different categories, and uh, so we've got everything from best vegan restaurant to best omnivore restaurant, best bar, breakfast, brunch, all the way down through Thai food. Um, wow. I really wanted to make it as inclusive as possible for these restaurants because everyone, I get messages, you know, I'm looking for a place with burritos. Where can I go? Or I really want a brunch. It just people want very specific things, and I'm just like, well, it's all right here in this guide for yeah. you. So, um, I just kind of went through, this is two years of research, and I guess by the time I update it more, um, basically covering all the different all the different categories. So mm-hmm. best gluten-free, best raw food, best hot dog, There's best ice cream. Yeah. There. So like if you like pick a category and I can tell you the place. Yeah. It could be like a trivia. Ooh. Okay. So 
man. Um, <laughs> let's. I love ice cream, so let's do ice cream. Perfect scoop. So I've been yeah. there. I love them. And actually, they're the only. That's the only ice cream I'd actually recommend in town because. Do they have more locations? Because the one by me um, in Centennial Hills mm-hmm. they close. What? Yeah. Oh, see now so, I have to update the guidebook. <laughs> well, I don't, that's what I'm saying. I'm not yeah. sure if they have more they because do. they are connected with um, Vegway. Yep. Which I Vegway I know serves the ice cream. Mm-hmm. And I was asking the guy. I was like, are, "What's happening? Like, where's Perfect Scoop? Like, it's a I whole new ice cream place. I don't think this new ice cream." Establishment's gonna have vegan ice cream, so now I need to know. South Jones. South Jones. South Jones is the other perfect scoop. Okay. And this as is far good as I, I mean, I was there like a month ago, so yeah. I'm assuming it's not going anywhere. Um, okay. But that's see, so yeah, I have to well, perfect scoop update this again. Me. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> What's your favorite flavor there? From pistachio. Pistachio. I haven't tried that. Oh, one. so good. I love the white chocolate peanut butter. <gasps> That's good. I mean, I... Hopefully like, nobody's hungry listening. Like. Oh, well, we're talking about vegan food and all the good stuff, so if you're not hungry, you might get hungry. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, how about Italian? Pasta shop. So okay. pasta shop is over in Henderson, and um, I mean, there's such good Italian in this city, but what I love about this place is it's family-owned, and it's like a neighborhood restaurant, mm-hmm. and they make all of their pasta in-house, Okay. and all oh, of their ingredients are nice. really fresh. They actually, I did an event with them in June. Um, they launched a vegan menu, and so I had like a vegan menu sneak peek with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a part of a January, but their, their Italian dishes are just amazing. Um, I love it, and their menu is, just, is so big. Um, other Italian I really like... Uh, Slice of Vegas. They've got really good pastas there. And okay. then they have the pizza, too. Yeah. Um, uh, Panavino. I don't know if we call Panavino Italian or not. But Panavino's got a lot of really, you know, like they've got a... I want to say... I feel like they have a lasagna. My, my brain is failing me. But they have, they have like, ravioli and stuff like that. Um, okay. Very good. Yeah. So those... But Pasta Shop is my hands down, like, that... that that's where I'll go to eat okay. Italian food. It's on my list. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so good. So, and they have the January, but delicious. Nice. Love, love, love. Okay. How about, um, do you have a section for Indian? I do. Okay. So there's a couple different ones. My current on, in my guidebook, it's Urban Turban. Um, they're very creative. It's like Indian street food. Okay. Um, <clears throat> turmeric and curry leaf are also in there. And turmeric's here downtown. Yeah, it's on Fremont. And they make a Gobi Manchurian that is, Ridiculously, I delicious. saw that in your story. Oh I stalk your stories. Yeah, just to let so you know. good. I stalk your <laughs> like, please go eat that. It's yeah. so delicious. So, I mean, turmeric is where I've been going lately. Yeah. Uh, they're a part of January, but okay. also, um, I just they have a whole vegan menu as well. Um, and I, I really like that Gobi Manchurian. And then their sister restaurant is Curry Leaf over in like the southwest-ish yeah. area. Okay. Very similar menus. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know this might be hard for mm-hmm. you, but what is some of your favorite? Out of this guy. Oh, I don't have favorites. <laughs> don't lie. <laughs> um, you know, it's it really depends what I'm in the mood for. Like, yeah. people ask me that all the time, and it's like, well, you know, if I'm in the mood for pizza, then I'll probably go to Evil Pie or Veggie Nation because okay. I really like the Veggie Nation uses BioLife. Otherwise, mm-hmm. a pizza company is really good. Joey, who runs that, is so great, and he's so supportive of the vegan community, and he yeah. makes, like, his own cheese, his own ricotta and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Um... Uh, you know, it just, it's just it's such a tough question. I really don't have like one overarching favorite. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will spoil alert this that in the guide, my, my favorite vegan restaurant is Veggie Nation. Um, Yay, Veggie Nation. 
The reason I picked that though, because there is some really great vegan food here, like Violet's Vegan is really good vegan mm-hmm. comfort food. You know, Stacey Dugan over at Simply Pure is phenomenal. Go Vegan has great raw and gluten-free things. But what I really like about Veggie Nation is that they've created a community yes. and they are very passionate about what they do. So it's not only about eating vegan food, but it's about human rights. It's about right. local art. It's yeah. about local artists, mm-hmm. um, the, the seminars they do. So it, Veggie Nation takes tops because of everything. Like they're not just a restaurant. And I really um, admire that because, you know, there's not a lot of restaurants in town that go that extra step yeah. to really become a part of the community, and Veggie Nation has really, truly done that. And yes. I really can't think of another restaurant that has curated things like what they curate. And and um, you know, last year when after the election and all the like letter writing things they did and stuff like that, like they're just very passionate and very active. They are, and yeah. I feel like the city needs businesses like that that really show they care about their customers and care about the environment not only of Las Vegas but the world yes. and so they take top honors because they're vegan <laughs> in like every sense of kindness and compassion so it's, right. it's the whole idea of what veganism is mm-hmm. embodied in this restaurant and so they they win <laughs> yeah and yeah. I think um not only are they just so rooted in community which I love yeah. we all know that that's like my personal mission here in Vegas yeah um, what I think is nice is they're so approachable. Yeah. And a mm-hmm. lot of people here in Vegas are, yeah. which is great. Everybody's so, like, has that collaborative mindset. But I really think um, Vegination is doing a really good job of that. They are. I mean, and honestly, like, I owe a lot of vegans, babies, vegan, can I even say the name of my business correctly? <laughs> um, I owe a lot of, of, of where I am today to them. Yeah. Because when I first met Kelly, she was one of the first people I met when I moved back. Okay. And she was like, we're going to do work with you. Um, why don't you have your Vegans Baby launch party here? And then why don't you have monthly meetups? And so they have been like, Chef Donald and Kelly have been so supportive of me. Um, you know, they have my book now. They, they're they doing Veganuary. Like, they, they've had my back for two years. Yeah. And, and they were the first ones to do that. They were the first ones to embrace my business. And so, you know... And, and, and my choice for them is not is not influenced by that at all. Like, it sure. truly is what they've done yeah. themselves. But they, you know, they're just, it's a wonderful business. And they truly, truly care about making the world a better place. And I just, I love that and respect that so much. And, and will always do whatever I can to let people know, like, how wonderful the, this business is. Yeah. For sure. So for people who are looking to get this, can you mm-hmm. remind me where they can yeah. find the guide? So um, right now it's a Sister House Collective through the end of January, which, okay, well, if this is area in February, you could have gotten it at Sister House Collective. Yeah. Um, so, otherwise, yeah, it's, um, I think there's only a few copies left at Vegination right now, but okay. once the book is updated, there will be more there. And then Amazon.com. Um, okay. If you type in uh, Las Vegas Vegan Food Guide, it'll pop up. You can also go to um, my to vegansbaby.com and there is a blog post about it. Perfect. Um, there's a pop-up as you're leaving the page with um, a link to order the book. Yes. And then I have a newsletter and I always mention it in the newsletter. Yeah. And then you great. can also just message me and I'll send you the link. Awesome. Uh-huh. Perfect. Well, this is great for our listeners. If you're interested in getting um, the Las Vegas Vegan Food Guide 2018. It's available. Please go check it out. Um, but to start wrapping things yeah. up, <laughs> I could. I feel like I could sit here and talk to you for hours. You're just like it's such so a wealth of knowledge, oh, and I love talking Thanks. to you. Um, <laughs> but what you. are what are some of your goals um, for the coming year for Vegans Baby? 
um, to update this 2018 guide. Okay. Um, to have more events, to um, obviously continue to populate the website mm -hmm. um, and update it as much as I possibly can, um, uh, and to just keep to keep supporting the vegan community and and continue to make being vegan in Las Vegas easy and accessible. Um, really, so it's just to continue growing um, and to have. You know, to, to keep partnering with restaurants and, and help them understand the value of reaching the vegan community and the value of having vegan options. Um, you know, I'm an activist in the sense where I choose to to show people the, an alternative yeah. lifestyle and how easy it is and the benefits of it. Right. Um, so I'll obviously get to continue doing that and just to really um, to bring the community together because I know I really try to... To people are always like, I want to meet vegan people. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. So a goal, one of the goals of my events is to get people to meet each other yeah. and to get to know each other. So I want to, I basically want to do everything I did in 2017, but do more of it. Yes. <laughs> and just and keep growing it, you know, and, and just, and yeah, just, just, just keep it going and, and really help put Las Vegas truly and firmly on the map for vegan dining. I love it. Because we're almost there. Yeah, very <laughs> close. Um, so are there any, since they'll be coming out in February, mm -hmm. is there any events or collaborations that you can kind of um, spoil to me? Um, nothing 100% confirmed. Okay. Um, I will say that I am partnering with a restaurant that is going to be opening. Okay. Um, probably by the time this airs. Okay. Well, um, if that happens, we'll put some links yeah. in the description for people. To but it is a vegan breakfast, lunch, and brunch comfort food. Oh God. Okay. So we'll, I'm doing an event with them, and then um, I believe probably in March. I've been talking to Vincent over um, who was at Evil Pie. He's yeah. opening his own place called Good Pie. Ooh, and I so see. him and I have been talking about vegan pizza parties, so possibly Love that. that. Yeah. And then maybe a couple other things that are in the works, but just no nothing I can really be like, mark your calendars for yeah, this yeah. date. Because, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm traveling for a big chunk of time. Yes. And I want to take, you know, after January is a really, really busy month for me, and it's been really busy the past few months. Yeah. So I really want to just take a little bit of time for me and just kind of catch my breath a bit yeah so February will be quiet but then March expect things to go back into you know hopefully monthly or bi-weekly events awesome. um, and and the like yay well then people definitely need to follow you on Instagram go to your website yep. to make sure they're up to date yep. on all the information which again I'll have everything in the link um, but my last three questions sure. I'd like to ask everyone okay. is, as you probably know, and I know that you live this already, is my personal <laughs> mission with Socialista is to show people that Las Vegas is not just this crazy party city with a strip and that's it. Yep. There's more to it. There's a community. So mm -hmm. for the people who are outsiders or maybe just tourists or even moving here and they don't know what to expect, what would you tell them? Um, to explore. Yes. That, um, I mean, yeah, Vegas isn't what the stereotype is, that there's a beautiful, vibrant community here of people that are passionate and compassionate um, and creative and talented. And we're just like any other city, but we have, you know, we have a, a strip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that there's really, truly, like, Vegas is so much more than the casinos. There's a whole with beautiful outdoors there, there's so much more this city has than just the the tourism sector um and to just be open 
and explore yeah. and ask questions if you're coming here you know what can I do off the strip that's really cool yes. downtown amazing you know there, yes. there's, there's so there's <laughs> truly so much and really like dig into the so to the small business world here mm-hmm. dig into the local the local scene here because there is a local scene here um mm-hmm. you just have to kind of tap into it and find it yeah exactly I 100% second that. (laughs) Okay, so where are some of your favorite places to go to hang out? I know you said that you don't have a favorite place to eat, but Mm -hmm. explore um, some of those places with me that you love to hang out here in Vegas. Uh, You can find me at Vegination quite often Mm -hmm. um, because I I obviously um, I work remotely like I don't have a personal or I don't have an office Mm -hmm. um you can typically like I'll go to makers and finders is is the spot I go to a lot like (laughs) I partner with them for their vegan menu launch last year and so I'm they've been very very supportive of me Mm -hmm. and so in return I obviously very much love to support them so I you know you can find me there otherwise you know I'm, I'm just with my friends like yeah. we just hang out like at their houses and do stuff yeah you know? um, in terms of like going out Atomic and Rebar are two of my favorite places to go like have drinks I still need to go to both of those places <gasps> I haven't been oh my god okay I'll go with you Atomic <gasps> is super like old school like one I of the know. oldest bars in the city all the time. I'm like you're literally walking distance right now it's amazing and then rebar is great because it's a it's a like antique shop and bar combined oh, and they wow. have vegan hot dogs uh, rebar is my, my best bar in the book by the way okay. sorry spoiler <laughs> alert okay. on that one yeah um but i love that place they also have like charitable cocktails so one mm-hmm. of their cocktails actually benefits at least right now it's forget me not animal sanctuary which is a local animal rescue organization in town okay so those are the two places i really like to go and then honestly like if i'm going out with my girlfriends we go to the LV bar inside Whole Foods because they have organic wine that's not expensive Ooh, and they have a okay. big menu. Very cool. So those are, those are mine. Awesome. <laughs> those so are my spots. Love it. Okay. So where can listeners find you? Okay. Vegansbaby.com. Okay. On Facebook, backslash Vegansbaby. On Instagram, backslash Vegansbaby. And on Twitter, backslash Vegansbaby. Although I'm not on Twitter a lot, but it's all basically backslash Vegansbaby. It's all, okay. it's all the same. Um, yeah. Perfect. Well, I'll definitely, again, link everything in the description. If we have any events coming up um, with Vegans Babies or any collaborations, we'll we'll have that there so people can find that. But thank you so much, Diana. This has been a lot of fun. So much fun. We'll have to do it again sometime with wine. Yes, please. (laughs) Foreshadowing. Yes. We'll uh, we'll talk about that after this. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. He's got a pipe in one hand Nothing to smoke And he said those trains to him wrong He walks at night to whistling tunes of an old song And his wife took his cash Did it out the door She nearly lied every night That little cheating whore She said a man did her wrong He walks at night to whistling tunes of an old song Just
down by the bay and he said that girl stole his heart and tore the whole thing apart. But with the whiskey on his breath, every single night he tries to drink himself to sleep. Thinks it dumb right and he said he'd rather die alone, running away from the girl he top charts very soon if you enjoyed that song please make sure you go check out their album they just released it a couple weeks ago in january and it's available on all digital platforms including itunes apple music spotify google play amazon napster and basically everywhere else uh, I would love for you to support them. They are such nice people, um, and they really control the room when they are on that stage. So um, if you don't have a chance to check them out, please make sure you get that album um, and support our local artist here. Please make sure to follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Union Drifters and Twitter at Union Drifters. Um, they do have a promoted event coming up, so this one's in California, so for any locals who can't make it, I am sorry. Hopefully they will be having some uh, more shows soon, but for all of our California listeners who are by Riverside, the Union Drifters will be live in Riverside, California at the Inland Empire Brewing Company on Friday, February 16th with a special guest, Ava and the Vagabond Tales, and the show starts at 8 p.m. I'll have the address and all of the information in the description so you can find out how to get tickets that way. As for Diana, I would just like to say again, thank you so much. I had such a wonderful conversation, both on and offline. She truly, truly is such a wonderful soul, and I think she gave some really great inspiration and just a better look into who she is as a person. I think there's a lot of takeaway from some of her personal journeys and um, just the way that she lives her life, wanting to live her truth and, and really wanting to help others. So... 
If you want to connect with her, all of her social media links will be in the description. Um, but it's basically everything backslash vegans baby. For all things vegan in Las Vegas, you can go to her website, which is vegansbaby.com. And a special announcement, you can get a copy of the Las Vegas Vegan Guide 2018 on Amazon and find some of the best places to eat in uh, Las Vegas. Don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast if you have been enjoying it. I would greatly appreciate it. As well as uh, shooting me an email if you know anybody you think would be a good guest on the podcast or a musician to feature at the end. Um, I'm always looking for recommendations. I do keep a list of um, I do keep a list of people for anybody who has um, messaged me with some recommendations. So please go ahead and do that. I do take that seriously. Um, and you can follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All my links will be down in the description box as well. And I would love to say a quick thank you to Sister House Collective for letting me use one of their uh, workshop spaces to record this episode. Chop 808 for the theme music and Abby Paulus for the graphic art. Please make sure you tune in next Friday for an episode with Kelly Bennett. I'll see you next time.